Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Faces of TBI podcast series, the number one podcast for brain injury and concussion resources. I am Amy Zalmer, founder of FacesofTBI.com and your host. Today, I'm going to be talking with survivor Kristen Moran about TBI recovery. If you're enjoying this podcast series, be sure to check out my Patreon page to help support my advocacy work and receive exclusive content every Monday, patreon.com slash Amy Zalmer. This episode is brought to you by Integrated Brain Centers. Located in Denver, Colorado, Drs. Shane Studman and Perry Maynard are experts in functional neurology and treat complex concussion cases from around the country. With over 20 years of combined experience, they are leaders in helping patients who are suffering from post-concussion symptoms, including dizziness, vertigo, headaches, and so much more. For your free consultation, you can find them online at integratedbraincenters.com. Hello, I am Amy Zalmer, and you're listening to Faces of TBI, a podcast series for survivors by survivors, raising awareness about traumatic brain injury, one podcast at a time. Those of you who might not know who I am, I am a TBI survivor from a fall on the ice in February of 2014. I'm a frequent contributor to the Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and the Goodman Project, and I am author of Life with a Traumatic Brain Injury, Finding the Road Back to Normal, available on Amazon. Additionally, I am editor-in-chief of The Brain Health Magazine, and you can grab your free digital subscription at thebrainhealthmagazine.com. You can learn more about me and the podcast at facesoftbi.com, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amy Zalmer. I also invite you to join my private Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe, to connect with other survivors, caregivers, and loved ones. Today, my guest is Kristen Moran, and Kristen is an educator, writer, and concussion advocate living in Portland, Oregon. Her work has appeared in Entropy Magazine, Getting Smart, and Scholastic Administrator. She's currently working on a memoir about her concussion recovery, and she lives with her husband, daughter, and a slew of rescue animals. Welcome to the podcast, Kristen. So happy to have you here today. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Amy. I'm excited to be here. So how many rescue animals do you have? You have my curiosity. (laughs) At the moment, we have just three, a dog and two cats. Uh, My husband is a veterinarian, so we Mm. (laughs) take in a lot of animals and try to find them. I'm sure. (laughs) Oh, I love it. (laughs) I miss my little pixie. Well, thanks for being here today and sharing with our listeners you know, about your journey. So I guess I would love Mm -hmm. to start by just asking you to share what happened, you know, what is your concussion story? Sure. Well, like you, I slipped on ice. Um, It was during an ice storm in January 2016. And I slipped on black ice on the top of my driveway, and we have a very steep driveway. So I kind of flipped in the air, landed on the back of my head, and then skidded my way down um, the driveway as well. 
And I could feel my brain hit the front of my skull um, right away. It felt like something was just really wrong with my head. Um, but it was late in the evening, and so I called um, my primary physician who was on call, and she told me, you know, you didn't lose consciousness, um, you didn't vomit, so let's just keep an eye on it, but everything should be fine. And, and so I went to bed. And when I woke up the next morning, I felt um, kind of like some type of invader had taken over my brain. Everything just felt hazy and confused. Um, but as I, I learned throughout my concussion journey, that concussion doesn't always allow you to be rational um, or mm-hmm. logical. So, yeah, I just told myself, everything's going to be fine. Um, I'm going to work from home. I have so many deadlines. I'm still going to take my daughter to her pediatrician appointment that day because I won't be able to reschedule it anytime soon. And so, you know, I put my daughter in my car, and while we were driving there, um, things just kept getting worse and worse. I had to put all of my focus on every little thing, like changing a lane or parking the car, and I just thought, what am I doing driving, and what am I doing driving (laughs) with my daughter in the back of the car? And by the time I got there, my daughter's pediatrician you know, said, you got to get to the ER. I was having a hard time walking and, and forming words. And I was just crying hysterically. Um, like, I just could not control anything. Um, and at the ER, I didn't see a doctor, but I saw a physician's assistant. And she did that basic neuro exam. I think we know all mm-hmm. too well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, follow my it's fingers. It's a joke. And you feel <laughs> in your body. Yeah. Oh, you're fine. So, Go home. <laughs> yeah. So she sent me home with a handout um, and told me not to play sports for a while. And I got home and I just kept getting worse and worse. I started concussion rehab. um, But when my insurance rehab visits um, ran out, I kind of had to make my own way through my concussion recovery. And I would say that my story, though, I mean, I was not one of the people who landed in the coveted percentage of people who fully recover from concussion. So I think Mm -hmm. my story is not so much what happened, but um, how I learned to accept that I wasn't going to get back to my quote unquote normal. And around 20 months into my concussion, a couple things happened that allow me, allowed me to start accepting it. Um, you know, one was I let go of my job, even though it was a job I loved. Um, I discovered functional neurology and love your brain yoga. And all of these just yeah. shifted um, my acceptance of my situation. So, Kristen, let's just pause here for a moment and back up a little bit. So, you know, you called your doctor the night of and explained what had happened. And, and like, I, I understand that there really isn't anything to do in the immediate acute phase, right? Unless you you have a bl- mm-hmm. brain bleed or, you know, mm-hmm. really significant symptoms. I, I get it that there's not much we can do. I, I understand that. But I, I just feel like doctors are so lacking in their understanding and, 
you know, mm-hmm. I like to say it's no fault of their own, but yet at the same time, like maybe they should be taking some continuing ad um, mm-hmm. on the topic. But, you know, it's like, and then even the ER did that basic neuro mm-hmm. exam. And I know exactly the one you're talking about. And <laughs> you're not going to learn anything with that exam. They're just not. And yeah. I mean, at least you got a yeah. handout. I don't know if there was anything important on that handout, but <laughs> at least you had a handout. Yeah. Most people yeah. are just sent home and no mm-hmm. explanations. They're not told that it could get worse before it gets better. Um, mm-hmm. You know, no offering of resources, you know, like, like functional neurology, like they should know about functional neurology and be sending us there earlier in our recovery, you know, not right away. You need a little bit of time. Um, but mm-hmm. it's just, it's so frustrating that this is the same story I hear over and over and over from my guests. Mm-hmm. Um, how yeah. how did you eventually find functional neurology? How did you get there? Well, um, I actually discovered it by listening to a podcast, and um, a TBI survivor mentioned it, and I started googling, you know, functional neurologists in my area because I thought, you know, this sounds. Uh, what I need, like something that's going to look mm-hmm. at kind of my whole mind and body using brain-based approaches. And I got a lot of pushback, um, particularly from my neurologist, you know, because functional oh, neurologists yeah. are trained as chiropractors, but they yeah. you know, need additional training on the brain. And, um, but, you know, I was pretty adamant that I thought that this could help me. And, you know, when I got there, I did all of these tests you know, like goggles strapped to my head that, you know, tracked my eye movements and all those things. And I just remember after all this testing, he pulled up all these charts and graphs onto a large computer monitor in the exam room. And I could see, oh, that's where my eye rolls up every time. I've been telling doctors, like, my eyes are loose in their socks. Yes. <laughs> like, what is happening? Yes, and me too. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was like the first time I was able to see my concussion in data. You know, my MRI didn't show anything. And to be validated. I for one. Yeah, I really felt like, well, if I can see the issue, then I can fix it. And, you know, it, it I did lots of, you know, crazy and wacky exercises, but after several months, I mean, I just felt more rooted to the ground. I found I could drive Mm -hmm. more. I could turn my head without, you know, feeling dizzy. And so it really helped my vestibular symptoms. And I think what was kind of the the biggest thing I learned is just about neuroplasticity. You know, my uh, doctors have been telling me after two years, you know, that's it. That's as good as you're going to get. But, you know, he told me if you, if your brain is learning, you're going to keep getting better. And um, it was just so assuring to know that I was in control of, you know, making new neural connections in my brain and, and there was just so much hope there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I wish if nothing else, I wish that traditional doctors could understand neuroplasticity because I was told the same mm-hmm. thing, except it was at one year. I was told, well, this mm-hmm. is the best you're going to get. There's no more recovery after mm-hmm. one year. And it's just, it's such antiquated information. And I mean, that's been antiquated for 
a good decade. Like we know better. And so it's like, well, how, mm-hmm. how is, how is medicine not caught up to this? Um, and mm-hmm. just that hope and of neuroplasticity. Uh, yes, yeah. yes, you, yes, key point there too. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, and the science is showing over and over and over again, you know, um, about neuroplasticity. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, what was it like for you? when you, you know, you did your, your functional neurology, you did all your crazy exercises for months and, um, you know, what was it like when you finally realized like, wow, I'm getting better? Um, you know, what was Mm -hmm. that revelation like for you? Um, I mean, it was, you know, pretty life altering. Um, and it gave me hope that, you know, there are other providers out there that can help with, you know, some of my other symptoms. And, you know, I just realized that I had to take my recovery in my own hands. And, you know, around that time, I mentioned I also started Love Your Brain Yoga, which, um, as I think you know, you're familiar with it, it's it's a Mm -hmm. six-week program where you meet once a month, uh, once a week. And I had been resisting this whole idea of having a TBI. I was just like, this is not me. I'm going to get my life back. It's, I'm going to be fine. This is going to be something that's going to just be in my past. And I didn't realize that comparing myself to my old life just was making me feel like a failure over and over because as hard as I tried, I was not getting back to who I was before. And Love Your Brain Yoga um, just cracked me open. I met people who were like me, and they were these amazing people. And I just all of a sudden was felt proud to be in a group of people who knew how to fight for their mind and, you know, the seat of their existence. I mean, they were just people I wanted to know, and I – I just let go of this tight grip on my old life. And Mm -hmm. when I did that, um, just everything shifted for me. And and this happened around the same time I did functional neurology. And I was really lucky in that through a couple friends, I met two other women locally who also got TBIs through pretty minor freak accidents, you know, like an elbow to a head or hitting their head on a desk, and um, they also have been just so helpful for me because I've been lucky in that I've had this group of families who really just stepped in and supported our family. I mean, they took care of my daughter for years and still do when needed, And but having people who understood without even having to explain what it felt like to be isolated and to feel alone and to feel confused and, and chronic pain. Um, that also really helped move my recovery forward. You know, and speaking of love your brain yoga, um, I, I've done the, the teacher training as a yoga instructor. And I know one of the principles that they really focus on is resiliency versus recovery. You know, recovery means yes. you're, you're mm-hmm. going to get back to exactly where you were. Um, and with a brain injury, 
that's not always going to happen, right? And so mm-hmm. resiliency is the ability to withstand adversity and bounce back. You know, you might not end up mm-hmm. exactly where you were. Um, and so I think that that is such a powerful message as well that, you know, people want to get back to exactly who they were. And mm-hmm. until you can begin to accept where you're at right now, you can't move forward in your recovery. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think for anyone listening, I, I hope that they can at least take that message away that you have to accept where you are right now mm-hmm. if you want to move forward in yeah. your recovery. And I, I do agree. Those two words. Oh, totally. And I think those two words right now are so critical. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, mm-hmm. this is where I'm at. doesn't mean I'm going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, I can live in the present like nobody's business now. And um, it's been really interesting with COVID because, you know, the world has gone through this kind of collective trauma of what it's like to be isolated and stuck at home and sheltering in place. And I hope um, this will allow people to be more empathetic, you know, to those of us with chronic issues and and illnesses because it won't be, um, you know, going to concerts and going out to dinner. These are things I can do, but they require so much strategy and planning Mm -hmm. and time for rest. And it's, it's really hard. So, you know, just being at home so much and everyone else having to be at home, it's really strangely opened up my world. You know, I've been able to take classes online and do yoga online. And so it's been kind of interesting with my husband because I'm like, yeah, this is what it feels like <laughs> to be stuck at home all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, um, and mm-hmm. you know, we are used to isolation, right, as TBI survivors, but it's always on our own terms. And with COVID, it's no longer on your own terms. You know, you were forced to stay home mm-hmm. for a period of time. And, you know, I, I think that that did help other people kind of have a glimpse into what it's like to live with a chronic illness or condition. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. We went through a collective trauma. That's a great way to say that. Um, yeah, I haven't heard someone articulate yeah. it like that. So that was a great, great way of saying yeah. that. Yeah. And I, I think, um, you know, I think it's also important to, you know, I think people who might hear that, oh gosh, she's still recovering from her brain injury and it's been over mm-hmm. five years, you know, I, it's interesting. I mean, I have more hope now than ever. I've done so many different things that have helped me get better. I've done nerve decompression surgery. I do neuroacupuncture. I wear tinted glasses. You know, I had prisons in them for a while. I see an osteopath. Um, and I'm still trying new treatments. And all of them are, you know, helping me just get a tiny bit better. And, you know, although I'm not able to work right now, my life still feels very full. And I guess I would just love to get that message out that even though you may not get back to who you were before, your your life can still be really good. Um, so 
I think that's just important to keep in mind too. Once I learned how to manage my limitations, you know, the neuro fatigue, the headaches, the migraines, my vision and vestibular symptoms, my quality of life just greatly improved. Yeah. And, you know, just finding things that can fill, fulfill your life. Um, you know, I know a lot of people aren't able to go back to work for quite some time, if ever at all. Um, what advice would you have for those people in particular um, on how to find meaning in their life, even if they're not able to go mm-hmm. back to their career? Um, well, for me, I, um, you know, I hadn't been able to really take care of my daughter for a couple of years at the beginning because I was working and resting, working and resting. And so for me, I've just really dived into being a mom as much as possible. My daughter's in middle school. And again, with COVID, just being able to be around her and be in her life has been really fulfilling. I also you know, went back to the things that I used to love but could no longer do because my life just became too busy. So I started writing again. Um, as you mentioned before, I'm working on a, a memoir of those first two years of my recovery. Um, I'm trying something new, so I'm learning how to cook. I've always been a horrible cook. So um, I kind of taken up a new activity plus gone back to something that I loved and sort of had stopped doing and then just have found fulfillment in my family and and spending time with them. Yeah. And, you know, I think often we try so hard to get back to who we were that we don't focus on who we are now and what we can do now Mm because we all have gifts Mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe you were a nurse and you can no longer go back to nursing. Um, Mm -hmm. But maybe you can use some of those skills to help help other people understand, you know, what's going on with them physically or, you know, like, like you Mm -hmm. have bits and pieces of what you used to do that you can apply to the here and now, um, Mm-hmm. and help other people, help yourself. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I just think it's so important yeah. to find purpose in who you are right now. Mm-hmm. And like we said earlier, the the right now part of that, because um, that doesn't mean you're stuck here. You know, 10 years right. from now, you're going to be mm-hmm. a completely different person, regardless of concussion, right? Like we just evolve right. naturally. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I just, you know just finding that fulfillment Mm -hmm. in the now. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't think I've become a worse person or a better person. I've just, it's just been different. And yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, just trying to find that space to kind of carve out what is meaningful. I don't know if I would have had that if I hadn't, you know, gone through this recovery. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I have a lot of gratitude for that. Right. Yeah, I, um, you know, I was a photographer. I had a busy portrait studio at the time of my injury. And while I missed it, I miss, you know, I still do photography. It's not the same capacity. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, 
I love what I do now, right? And mm-hmm. it's just taken me on a completely different journey. Um, I had yeah. always wanted to write a book. I always enjoyed writing, um, but it mm-hmm. led me down a path of writing two books. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, you just never know where life's going to take you at any moment. So, yeah, just I know. Embracing, I know. embracing what you have. Uh, yeah, so, for sure. So, Kristen, you know, we're just about out of time, um, but I would love to wrap up by asking, you know, what what is your final words of wisdom for our listeners? What what message do you have to people listening who are still struggling in their journey? Yeah, I mean, I think I would say two things. One is one of the things I wish doctors had really told my caregiver at the beginning, um, mm. my husband, I, is to be aware of some of the emotional symptoms. Um, you know, I mentioned yeah. before this inability to really be logical or rational, but also, you know, suicidal ideation um, was very hard for me for several months. And not because I wanted to die, but because I sort of already felt dead. My body was still alive and mm-hmm. my mind felt gone. And I guess I would just tell listeners to, you know, keep an eye out for this. And and all of this got better with time for me. You know, it took a while, but my brain neurochemicals eventually settled down. And once that happened, things also just got better. So that will get better with time, but to definitely get help if, um, you know, you're, you're struggling with any emotional symptoms. They're super common. And I think the other thing I would just say is I felt so alone at the beginning. I have never been a huge social media person, so I really withdrew myself. And I guess I would just say you're not alone. You know, you may feel lonely all the time, but you're not alone. There are so many of us out there who are living with invisible injuries, and things do get better. They really do. You are going to get better. And just keep at it. Mm-hmm. Wonderful advice. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for being here today and just sharing your story and offering hope to others who, you know, are going mm-hmm. through something similar. So thank you so much for being mm-hmm. here. Of course. Thanks so much for having me and all of the advocacy work that you do, Amy. It's great. Thank you. I appreciate that. And good luck with your memoir as well. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, Just another big thank you to our sponsor, Integrated Brain Centers. You can get your free consultation online at integratedbraincenters.com. And a reminder that you can always find previous episodes on most streaming platforms such as iTunes or directly at facesoftbi.com. And you can support the podcast through patreon.com slash Zalmer. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at Zalmer and join our Facebook group, Amy's TBI Tribe. Thank you all for listening and thank you for being a part of my journey. Have a great day, everyone, and I will see you in the next episode. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? 
I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.